Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Eid, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. Unbelievably here on this Wednesday, Sam, cars going around a track, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, the old broom broom, the old beep beep, it's good to see them motoring around Bahrain. Uh, Normality is resumed, I had my Wednesday pizza for dinner, there were race cars on a racetrack and... um, we're all having a grand old time. So, yeah. Also, they all look like they're about to drive through Mad Max Fury Road today with the amount of spikes and metal hanging off those cars. So, uh, lovely to see. Let's hope that... Um, oh, also, love that the Flovis fixed the Alpine livery, which is nice. I'd like to see a lot more blue on that one. So, big up Flovis. You're, you're the goat of, uh, of car painting. Mm. So, yeah, good to see. Harry, did you, did you watch any? Or were you uh, too busy being a working boy? How's I've been a working boy, but I, I did enjoy turning my Twitter on at the end of the day and seeing Max Verstappen being 1.1 clear of literally anyone else. So that's good times. Good times. Sadness. Sadness. Many sad noises. <laughs> you say um, you say about Flovis, I, I like to think that Stake actually didn't realise until they got to the track that it's not going to work for them. So they had to pop out to the local, you know, Bahrain B and Q and, and just pick up uh, pick up whatever colour they ended up using. Um I liked that I think they might have been more prepared, but you never know. Um we're gonna be talking about testing a little bit more on um probably on Sunday's episode when we have three days worth of Verstappen being quick rather than just one. So we'll get to that um at that point. But on today's episode, uh, a little bit about the Red Bull 2024 design. Uh Fernando Alonso thinking that just three days of testing is unfair. But we're going to start with this, which is one thing that we would like to see from each team 
to start off this season. So it could be something that we need to see from the next couple of days of testing, could be something from the first couple of races of the season, could be something completely off track if we want to. Um, So we've got quite a bit of flexibility with what we can say on this one. So we'll just go through in championship order. Sam, start us off. What do you need to see from Red Bull um, early in the season, other than being 1.1 seconds faster than everyone else today? I I reckon it's just got to be... Forget the rest of the early season, just all of season, 24 race wins, baby. What more can they really accomplish after last year? Um, I don't know. I guess being a little bit more open with Sergio Perez. Um, and if he's in a position to win races, if he's doing well, put his foot down a little bit over Maxi Verstappen. We all know he's one of the greatest of all time now. He's definitely put himself in that that conversation. There's every chance that he goes on to win a fourth title. Um the end of this season, but we've already heard some of the language between Verstappen and Perez about how, you know, do you remember in Brazil a couple of years ago when Perez was trying to pick up positions right at the end of the season and Max quite aggressively over the microphone said, you know, don't ask me to do that. I spoke to you already and I won't, I won't have that conversation. I'd like to see a little bit more team play from Red Bull. Uh, but Hey, Max is their goat. Max is their champion. And I respect it. But yeah, I mean, just more of what you were doing really, because you couldn't, you weren't really doing too much wrong last season were they in terms of performance kind of smashing it yeah there's a fair point they were quite good last year um harry what do you need to see from red bull early in this season uh yeah i've written down more of the same which is kind of what sam just said change nothing i even the even the perez stuff like because what like so they literally (laughs) they won almost every race bar one last year so why why do you need to, um, yeah I'd just do not do absolutely nothing different uh, and be the same because I mean I don't personally want that obviously because we want a close season but from their point of view uh, yeah more of the same they can't really they can't really improve too much on last year because as you say they were quite good at the F one I've I've gone for. A sign they were right on this concept, and we'll get on to that as a separate topic a little bit later on, so I won't go into too much depth for this point, but we do know that in terms of the side pod design, they have gone very radically different from what they had last year, which, as you say, if they're a team that are looking to do more of the same, is a bit of a an inherent risk, I guess you could call it. So I feel like they need some sort of sign early on in the season just to indicate that actually, yes, Adrian Newey is still the GOAT and um, they were right to go in this different direction. You could argue they might already have that with their testing lap today. I appreciate it is testing and all the caveats that go with it, but it's a pretty good starting point. So if they can have some form of, whether it's qualifying or, or the race next week, that can also indicate that they've gone the right direction with this, I think that will make them very happy indeed. I know... It's we're getting onto this, but good lord, it's perhaps one of the it's one of the funniest things Red Bull have done. Yeah, we're gonna have a comedy show later on. <laughs> it's, it's be a real laugh. I'm saving some we've got some good material, folks. Oh dear. What do you need to see from Mercedes, Sam? Listen to your drivers, Mercedes. Be more proactive and listen to your drivers. Both George Russell and Lewis Hamilton have regularly given feedback, given orders out the car. And I think that Mercedes across the last couple of seasons have 
going under the radar a little bit with their strategic development, with their pit stop prowess and the way that they moved the car forward, uh, which is ironic because Lewis Hamilton actually wanted to sit himself further backwards in the car. But it feels like your drivers know what they're talking about on track and off track. You've got a seven-time champion. He's got the most wins of all time. And George Russell, pretty darn talented as well, if you haven't noticed. So when a driver is giving you feedback constantly and you're not listening to it and you're on the back foot for strategy and your calls seem to be later than everyone else is around you and it is costing them a little bit here and there, I just think they need to be more on the ball. And it's something that Red Bull have always done fantastically well. Not that they're not fantastic at everything at the moment, but when we did have Mercedes dominance, and even when it was, you know, 2017, 2018, and Ferrari were the closest to Mercedes, and we had that fantastic fight between Vettel and Hamilton. The way that Red Bull stole a few wins throughout a season, a lot of the time was by doing something different, was by being proactive, was by, you know, jumping the gun and going, you know what, it might not work. But most of the time, because they used their incredibly large brains that they've all got, it did work. And I feel like Mercedes have fallen short the last two or three seasons. And I do think their dominance covered up for that lack of proactiveness over the last decade or so. So I need to be more in the front foot. I, ca I can't be seeing the last of the top four teams to make a, a pit stop or something because we don't know if it'll work every single race. They need to be more proactive. Uh, initially, my answer on this was going to be because we're looking at sort of early in the season, what we need to see. I was going to say just a Bahrain Grand Prix that doesn't end with an apology letter. Like that nice. would be a good step in the right direction. Um, but instead, I've gone for they need to see that George Russell can lead this team because ultimately Lewis Hamilton is going to be gone by the end of this season. And even though George Russell, George Russell is not Lewis Hamilton, um, both on track and off track right now, uh, but that's, that's okay. I, I feel like the worst thing George Russell can do is try and emulate him completely at this stage in his career, it's not going to happen. Um, but I do think, and he is already showing this to, for the most part, but he just needs to continue to show that he is, he can be that number one driver and whoever they put alongside him, they have the confidence that the Russell is that, um, continual piece. Like he, he's the guy who's staying on from, let's call it the previous regime. Um, you know, off track, I think, George Russell's very well spoken. He's a, he's a good ambassador for the team. Again, he, he might not have the character and personality of, of Lewis Hamilton, but who does? Um, you know, he does great work with the uh, Grand Prix Drivers Association as well. Um, and on track, I think he just needs to recover a little bit from what happened last year. So that's what I'd like to see from Mercedes, specifically looking at George Russell. Can he lead this team? What do you think, Harry? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I agree with that. I think that's important for George this year. Um, I've just come for uh, a problem that's not so much last year, although it did, but the past couple of years plagued Mercedes, which is just be consistent. Um, they've not had a car, and again, a caveat, last year was definitely better than 2022, but even then there were still some wildly random races where they just were nowhere. Brazil springs to mind, where they were just yep. awful. Um just consistency because even if they obviously got a job to do to catch up to Red Bull, but they, they Red Bull have been so, as you've already mentioned, Sam, even when they weren't winning, they've been so good at the call, at, you know, the calls and strategy and things like that. So it's not just a pace in the car consistency. It's just consistency in general that uh, we need to see, need to see from them early doors. Um, uh, just to remind everyone, including all three of us, this next team, we can only name one thing. 
<laughs> Even though the temptation might be to name about 135. Ferrari, what is one thing, Sam, that you'd like to see from them early in this season? Well, funny enough, I'm going to steal Harry Eag's answer for Mercedes and bring up consistency. Um, and that is not to be consistently last when it comes to pit stop strategy or consistently poor when it comes to understanding your own calls or to be consistently bad at communication. But that is that the car, same as Mercedes, we regularly had instances across the Ferrari season where they would be fantastic and they would almost be fighting with Red Bull at the very front for a lot of the race. And you saw it with Leclerc's qualifying efforts, how over one lap they were fantastically quick. Um, Baku springs to mind as an early example. And yet we'll get to certain races and you look at Zanvoort, for example, where Charles Leclerc could barely get himself into the points. Uh, He didn't finish in the points. He was overtaken by Liam Lawson come on his first Grand Prix where he was thrown into the race. And Sainz, even when he was on his good run in that Grand Prix, wasn't brilliant because the car was so topsy-turvy. So Ferrari need to kickstart this campaign with a sense of confidence in themselves and their ability and just develop a level of consistency the Ferrari historically have been able to deliver before. And I mean that in faith in their own ideas, faith in their own strategy calls, faith in what their drivers can do. Um, and, you know, that is from the very top down to the very bottom. They just need to be more calm, more consistent. And I do think that that team can rise to some form of excellency, but they just, I think they doubt themselves a lot and they panic. So for Ferrari, just be consistent. Think about it, deliver it, accept it. Don't do what you've done the last couple of years, which is just make yourself look like Muppets. And you think I have a good start with that social media post where you put that poetry emotion video up and then you didn't even change the front left tire properly. And yeah, it is bait. And then your poor admin (laughs) took the absolute punishment for saying that they chose the wrong clip. I mean, I respect it, but at the same time, come on, come on now, Ferrari. So yeah, be more consistent, consistently good. What do you think, Harry? What do you need to see from Ferrari? Well, firstly, I think Sam's just come up with a new slogan for Deliveroo, which is think about it, deliver it, accept it. That's brilliant. (laughs) Did somebody say late? (laughs) Um, But for for Ferrari, I've written down, do a race quick more than once a season. Nice. Good shout. Like be quick from the start, not 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 in round eighteen or whatever Singapore was. And I guess you could maybe throw in Austria because randomly they're good there for some reason. Um, yeah, just just be good at races, early doors, like from the start. Be quick at races and not just Charles Leclerc being a god in qualifying or Carlos Sainz being a tactical genius in a in a race in Singapore. So um, we need to we need to see that from them because. You know, we've spoken about it before, the the pole to win conversion for Leclerc is absolutely abysmal. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, and they need, they, need a, they need a race car. They need a good race car. And I think if we, it will be evident early early on if that isn't the case again. So, um, yes, do a race quick more than once, Ferrari, please. Do you need to see at least one podium from them in the first two races, would you say? Yeah, I think if they're going to have any sort of good season... And I don't know if that if that means title contenders, but any sort of decent season, they've got to be. They've got to be up there. I know. La- to be honest, last year they in Bahrain they weren't. They were. They were all right. Leclerc was probably on for P three, wasn't he? But broke down. Um, but needs to be. It needs to be at least that, and obviously not the breaking down part. But it needs to be at least that. I think for the first couple of races, but but ideally more. 
and hopefully for their sake closer to Red Bull, I guess, because that was it would have been a P three, but would miles. Be a very distant P three, miles um, away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've simply gone with. I need to see something that's on Ferrari, <laughs> just something that doesn't look like it would come from them. So I think big old Freddie Vass, Jungler's Vassive, he got a he got a bit of a pass last season um, because it's early on in his tenure, and I think that was fair. But that's not going to be the case in twenty twenty four. And whilst he's been he's been adamant that twenty twenty four is not just a transitional year for them, naturally Lewis Hamilton coming in in twenty twenty five, it could be perceived that way. He's been adamant that that's not the case. But I think at least in some respects. He needs to make sure that team is firing for when Hamilton comes in. He needs to make sure that all of these niggles and gremlins, they're just sorted out before he even gets there. So, um, you know, whether it's beating Red Bull on a strategic decision, whether it's beating someone out of the pits, where I don't know exactly what it is. It's less about performance for me. It's more about strategy. It's more about the nuts and bolts of pit stops, that sort of thing. Because again, once Lewis Hamilton's there, you are going to want that to be thriving on the level of a Red Bull. Um, so yeah, that's what I've gone for. Makasam. 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 Who's that? A, a new name. Oh, oh Makasam. Makasam. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, McLaren. Um, I wrote down here that they should um, keep the underdog spirit. They should keep punching up. They should keep trying to you know, beat the class above them. And I think that even if they kickstart this season and let's say they're Red Bull's closest challenges, let's say that they finish, I don't know, 2-4 and Verstappen and Perez are a 1-3. They cannot grow complacent. They cannot come to think, oh, we're all right. They need to maintain this attitude of, We've got a, we're coming from behind and we've got a reach up and uh, and we've got to we've got a wing from from the back here because again seventeenth in the DNF a year ago pretty much two weeks time a week's time sorry they've got to show that they have transition they want that I think Stella will want that and they just need to make sure that there might be Ferrari they might be in front of them or Red Bull might show that the jumps they're making the strides they're making and they are able to beat those around them now. So no matter where they are, I want them to continue with this fighting spirit. I don't want to hear them grow complacent and start the whole, oh, we don't know if we're going to be very good this weekend. Nope, I don't want it. I want this Mr. Marketing. We're here to stay. Attitude to continue from McLaren. Yeah, McLaren was one of the easier ones for me because what do I want to see from them early in the year? just what they didn't do last year, which is be rubbish early on and eventually get there by by Austria. So I, I've said I'd like to see them start the year in Bahrain as sort of the third quickest team or better than that. I feel like at that point, they've got a springboard for the rest of the season. So if they can continue to improve in the same way that they did the last couple of years, that that's far better. I mean, it's easy to forget last year's testing and the year before's testing was a disaster for McLaren. So the fact that they are there and it seems to be going okay through day one that's already a good start um but yeah i just want to see them come out the gates quicker than they have done in previous years what do you think harry yeah mine's pretty much exactly the same I've, I've written down not 17th in a dnf which obviously sounds already referenced um yeah. which, which translation is yeah come out the gates well for for once mclaren uh and as you say ben they look fairly promising from 
from day one. I think Lando had some issue early on, early doors, but you know, it's testing. Um, but yeah, just need to be there or thereabouts by race one, not, not at the back. Okay, uh, last team before we take our first break and then we'll uh, return for the bottom five in the championship afterwards. Uh, let's go to Aston Martin, Sam. Uh, I noted down here, firing on all cylinders. And this is a challenge more for Lance Stroll than it is for Fernando Alonso. Lancey boy can't be sitting on the coattails of a world champion anymore. And I know that, you know, he's never really going to be at risk of losing a seat. But if Aston Martin want to kick on, if they want to be considered as a, a big dog now, and they've invested a lot, the infrastructure is growing, the factory is, you know, state of the art, and the car is improving, and the back team that they've got, and, you know, the leadership staff they've, they've developed, is really top-notch. It's, it can rival up there with the best, I think. But Lance Stroll is the linchpin. He's the weak point. He's what you attack if you want to find a weakness. And he, he needs to turn that around. And now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that Lance Stroll needs to come out the gates and beat Fernando Alonso every single Grand Prix. But if Fernando Alonso is finishing fourth, Lance Stroll more often than not needs to be fifth place, five, six seconds behind him. He needs to pull his weight now. Otherwise... Aston Martin will always be a, a, a one-horse show and they will always be only scoring points on one side of the garage. And you'll never get to gain a world championship or even close to winning one if, you know, the other side of the garage doesn't do anything. So far all cylinders, Lance Stroll, got to see something from you, buddy. Don't, don't let the side down. Pull your weight. Come on, son. I, yeah, I understand the point on that. The reason I haven't gone down that path is quite simply because I don't think it's achievable. I, I think at this point <laughs> I've... It, He's been in the sport since 2017. Like, it's been a long time. I just, if it was there, we'd have seen it by now. And whilst I think he can get a little bit closer to Fernando Alonso, I don't think more than that is achievable, which is why I've, I've gone in a different direction to something I think can happen, which is more on the team, actually. It's more on Aston Martin and proving themselves to Fernando Alonso early doors because Alonso's not going to... If there's one thing Alonso's not known for, it's patience. Um, he's not going to sit around for the entire season, see what happens, and then hopefully at the end of the year, if he wants to move, he might call up Toto Wolf. If this car isn't very good after a couple of races, Aston Martin are probably in trouble. Fernando Alonso, don't wait for no one. Um, so I, I'd, I'd like to see Aston Martin prove themselves. They've got, you know, facilities-wise, they're making good strides there. I just feel they need to show that the end of last year was a blip rather than the start of a slump um, and, and just prove to Fernando Alonso that we are the right team for you to, you know, chase that third world championship. What direction have you gone in, Harry? Um, I've, again, fairly similar, but it's it's repeat early 2023 pace, performance, form, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because you're right, at the end of last year, I know he got the podium in Brazil, but I think that was more Alonso than the car. Um, although Lance wasn't too bad that race. But anyway, uh, the performance at the end of the year was nowhere near where they were at the start. And obviously there was problems with the way they developed the car and that's a different issue. But for the beginning of the season, they need to they need to be back where they, where they were at the start of last year. Um, I think it'd be a tougher job because you're right, we've already mentioned, we think McLaren are going to be in the mix. Ferrari and Mercedes will be there, obviously Red Bull too. So it's going to be a tougher job, but it, they have to at least be in that in that mix um, because at the end of last year, they, they weren't. I think with Aston, they, they just need to be a little bit more independent with their development of their car and not look to someone like Red Bull for inspiration, but rather, you know, they made the mistake of their development last time 
they need to have some belief and I think make, it sounds silly, make the right call in their own development and try not to learn off of the other teams in front of them so much because I think there's only so much you could do by borrowing ideas from the teams above you. Sam's, Sam's development advice, make the right decision. Just that, that is why I am going to get hired by an F1 team. <laughs> Write that one down for damn you know wrong. <laughs> make the right call, folks. Listen to this podcast. Okay, we'll be looking to five other teams who will also be making the right calls, or they will be hoping at least, um, right after this break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, again, same as the Ferrari one. There's only one thing we can say here, not 135. Alpine. Harry, what do you think? I've written not being slow. Good. That might be as good as make the right call. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if you put those two together, you've got a Formula One team. I mean, am I wrong? (laughs) No. No. No, uh, yeah, the Alpine, again, there are a multitude of things that were wrong last year. Um, but overall, there was just the, the overall pace of the car. And there were obviously, there were, there were flashes of, of good pace. Monaco, which was more rock on, I think, than the car. And then obviously you had Zandvoort with Gasly. Again, that was strategic and Gasly being very good. Um, but the overall pace, despite all the other issues they had, like crashing into each other, no team members, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Otmar's crash. Um, the main one was that they had no real, real performance, and that's that's always going to be a. You, you can fix all those other problems, uh, but if your car's still slow, then your car's still slow. So that's for me is where they, if it's they, if they first few races and the cars again just not great, then even and 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 especially as we've already mentioned before with this new development or design or, or direction they've gone for, um, then that's oh, going to be a tough year. To be honest, 
I don't really care because I'm still absolutely furious at their livery. I don't care what they do. But you can't. No, don't call it a livery. Stickers. Don't put down other liveries by calling it a livery. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't deserve to be a livery. called a livery. Bloody hell. Stickers. That's all it is. Stickers. It's just, it's just a, a re. It's got nothing alive about it. Like it's not the complete thing, is it? Just a re. Re. Um, yeah, I based on the last uh, last point you made there, Harry. I've also gone the direction of their their, their concept. I've just said their aggressive concept needs to have legs because look, all wheels. Oh no, I, wheels is too far. Wait. As long as it's got legs. Even if like this season ends up horrible Sorry. and it's awful, if it leads to something okay next year, I feel like that's better than them just finishing sixth again. Like it, I would rather, and I would hope they would rather as well, have like a ninth place finish this season if it would lead to a second place finish last next year, rather than just back-to-back sixth place finishes. They've just been stuck in, again, it's the fish in a rice game, isn't it? <laughs> they're just stuck between fourth and sixth and they cannot make their way up. So if it does take this aggressive concept a year to be properly embedded, so be it. So be it. I mean, you, you would take that at this point. Um, it seems unlikely that they would get that far in into next year and finish second. But Aston Martin proved that two-year turnarounds can happen. So um, yeah, I've just hopefully they can see something early in this year that indicates they've gone the right direction with that. What do you think about Alpine, Sam? Look, folks. They all need to pile into the Alpine, whatever version model it is, not the race car, the road car that they're constantly trying to advertise. Get as many in there as you can. And you pootle on down the motorway to a B&Q or a Home Depot, if you're one of our lovely American listeners, I'm sure. Um, and you need to go into the shop and ask the nice person behind the till, can we have a, 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 tr- a trawl or whatever they're called? A trowel? A trowel? Can we have some cement, please? <laughs> and then we're going to take it back to Engstone, right? And we're going to whip up some cement and get the trowel and we're going to start laying some foundations. And that's what they need to do at the start of this year. They need to work together as a team and lay the foundations. This is a pure James Vowles moment. Take a leaf out of that man's book. Take the whole book, frankly, Alpine, because you need it. And read it cover to cover and then read it again because you need to start building slowly. You need to work out a... A, a formula with that car that you're happy with and you need to build on it properly from the bottom up and from the top down. You need to have everyone working together. You need a cohesive team, a team that's all driven by the same goal that is determined to win in Formula One. And that's what the start of this season needs to be. I do not expect them to come out the gates and hope to win. If I hear them talking about hoping to win this year, you're, you're delusional. You've lost it. You've gone do lally. What you need to do is build a strong... No, Ben, I don't want to see you shaking your head. I want to see... <laughs> not on. their war mode. I want to see... Come on. Letting Let cohesion cook. mode. And I want to see you working together and having a nice time and taking your time to be successful. Plan for 2026. I don't care what you do. Build it up slowly and make it work. You know what? Make the right calls. That's what you should do, Alpine. I was worried that the season was going to be over by the time that analogy finished. That was extensive. <laughs> Mate, we've got 24 races, okay? We wouldn't even be halfway through. Uh, bonus one for Alpine. Get a livery. <laughs> be better at liveries. Scrubs. Come on. Oh, good, good one, guys. 
Um, on to, I mean, you reference uh, James Files in that, and we move on to Williams next. What have you got for them, Sam? Um, well, that, that's the thing. It was it's almost the next step on from um, from Alpine, and that is don't dwell too much on the results. I don't think that first Alpine floor. needs to sit there. Build the first what? floor. <laughs> what um, did you say? Build the first floor on oh. your foundations. Yes. Sorry, yeah. folks. I forgot my own analogy. And of course, we need to now put in the first set of stairs. Uh, <laughs> and that's what James Vowles has been doing over the winter break. Um, no, but seriously, um, it's just, you know, continue to take those baby steps forward. And I think, you know, review the first five or six races, but don't get bogged down in them. Things can go wrong. It's it's the bigger picture. And again, Williams aren't going to be picking up podiums here. If they can see that they make a little step forward and the team are happy and the development's going in the right way, Williams are in a solid place and they're aiming for two, three years down the road. They're not aiming for two, three races down the road. And I think for where Williams were, that's the right way to do it. So I'd like to see Logan Sargent more comfortable, more confident. I'd like to see Alex Albon kick off from where he was last season, but I expect just more of the same gentle, slow, solid progression from Williams as a team that wants to work together and build together. What have you got, Harry? Yeah, I think continu- continued improvement and, and consolidation of, of where they were last year because I think Williams um, exceeded expectations last year in terms of where they finished in the championship. Um, but it doesn't mean they have to... I say continued improvement. I think that could mean you could still... They should could still finish seventh and have a great season. Um, but they just need to show that they can keep doing it and last year wasn't like a flash in the pan. And, and again, in James Vowles, we trust Daddy Vowles. Um, but I truly believe that that that's there's such a long term goal there. Sam's already referenced that Alpine need to do uh, that. Yeah, then they're not they're not concerned about going for gold right this second. And I think that's what we need to see from them uh, from them uh, early on in the season is is just build on what you you built. Like build the stairs. I, Sam summed it up: build the stairs. Build those stairs. Build those stairs. Basically, build those stairs. This season of F1 is DIY SOS. And no, it's not because no, we're not no. talking about that, man. Oh, okay. I just remembered you presented <laughs> DIY SOS. We're not doing that. We could do DIY SAS, which is my initials, and it's a whole different show. <laughs> Honestly, we are 30 minutes into this episode. We've already had a DIY SOS reference, and not one, but two B&Q references. <laughs> like, what is Respect going on? B&Q. Great plate, great shop. <laughs> I love B&Q. <laughs> fair, completely fair. Um, <laughs> I think the direction you've gone with this is is completely valid. I, I've I've decided to go down a different path. I've I've gone a bit more driver specific with this and said Lo- Logan Sargent just needs to deliver a wow performance, and I mean a, a wow performance in a good way, rather than wow that was bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't really matter what it is, whether it's a Q3 outing or whether it's beating Alex Albon in a Grand Prix. We just need to see something that demonstrates his potential because in the nicest way possible to Logan Sargent, the reason he has a seat this year is not because of what he is. It's more about he's got the seat because of what he could be. Like he's he's not in that seat based on his current level of performance, right? He's just there based on we think he could get to a certain point. Needs to show it. Um, so I'd, I'd just like to see something a little uh, something early on that just uh i don't know makes me makes me get out of my seat show us your performances nice it's not exactly uh minardi what have we got for them harry i said be more mexico 
be more me- oh okay no that makes sense sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what i mean by that obviously i have to explain is just more of that form as ben just smashes his mic more of that <laughs> oh that really hurt <laughs> oh like- Ben's picked a fight with the wrong microphone. <laughs> Ben's been beating up his own microphone. God. Um, yeah. Oh, man. All right, Ben. Uh, you have a minute, mate. Um, yeah, no, what I mean is uh, more of that form that they showed it in Mexico, obviously, was quite a stand-up performance, um, you know, especially for Ricardo. But that form they picked up towards the back end of last year. I mean, truly, truly the back end of last year. Um, they, need, they need to build on that uh, early on. They can't come out there... Can't come out the gates in Bahrain and Saudi and be back where they were at the start of last year, which I don't think they will. But um, other, but, but yeah, if they are, then it's a it's a disaster. So yeah, be more Mexico. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's completely fair. Encouraging signs based on what we saw today um, from. I'm not going to call them RB. We're still going to keep calling them Minardi folks. It, it it's going to stick. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Last year's issue, um, outside of the Mexican performance being a bit rare, is that for whatever reason, they could not string um, a performance, uh, like both drivers could not perform well on the same weekend. Like it just could not happen. So obviously Sonoda had a few good performances early in the season. Not that they resulted in a lot of points, but he had quite a few good performances early in the season. But of course, Nick DeVries just wasn't there. Um, Liam Lawson then had some good performances when he filled in, but Sonoda just couldn't start a race when Liam Lawson was there. Um, Ricardo had that P7 in Mexico, but Sonoda wasn't in the points. Sonoda had P8 in uh, Abu Dhabi and in Austin, but in both of those occasions, Ricardo wasn't in the points. So I've quite simply gone double points finish. I'd like to see from one of the first few races, just a, a sign that both of their drivers can perform on a, on the same weekend. Um, because apart from... Haas, which don't really count because they're not really an F1 team. All of the other teams did have a double points finish last year, um, apart from uh, Minardi. So yeah, that's what I've gone for. Double points finish. What do you think, Sam? Uh, Live up to the hype. It's as basic as that. You come out of the season and all through the winter break, you've got Ricardo saying that he wants top five finishes. You've got the execs of all of Red Bull and of V-Carb slash Minardi slash Toro Rosso slash Alpha Tauri saying... You know, we're going to be much more aligned with Red Bull. And if if the testing figures, which, you know, that's not really into them too much, but, you know, are true, are to be believed, then Red Bull have got a monster of a car, which is, I think, maybe wrong to use a rival energy drink to discuss, to, to discuss them. But VCARB, if you, if you are going to be closer to, to RB, I want to see you live up to the hype. So... Liverpool performance, double points finishes. Let's see the Honeybuck turn up. Let's see Yuki at his best. I expect you to be a competitive outfit and to be giving the likes of Aston Martin, McLaren, Ferrari, a rung for their money. So don't let me down. I don't want to be disappointed. Um, I've got stake written down next, but I I still don't exactly know what we're calling them because on every official, um, I don't know, F1 piece of communication, it's Kick Sauber. Um, Ted Kravitz said today, I'm, I'm just calling them Sauber. So... I, I don't know what we're calling them, but whatever their name is, Harry, what have you got for them? Well, I mean, if Ted Ted says Salba, I'm saying Salba because to be Ted. fair, he said Salba when they were Alfa Romeo. So, yeah, valid point. Um, I have put try and find the the tr- early 2022 form they had. Uh, it's still lost. 
Not sure where it's gone. Keep trying to find it. <laughs> Honestly, there's a huge reward <laughs> if you do find it. Uh, paid for by Drake himself. Um, but yeah, I think just... They've just seemed lost in the past almost two years now, but like 18 months, I guess, about where that where that car where that car sits. Um so yeah, just just regain some of that. I'm not again, I'm not saying you need to go and start winning races, but just be somewhere in in even if it's the lower end of the top ten. Um, because yeah, they if they come out the gates this year and it's bad, I mean blech. I mean, I don't care. Again, don't care that much because it's a terrible livery and a terrible name. But but still, for their sake, they they should be aiming for that at the very least. The reason I haven't got performance-based when it comes to this team is, you're right, 2022, they started pretty well. They were pretty good at Bahrain last year. Like Bottas, I, I think, finished eighth. Um, you know, he he scored solid points at Bahrain. Um, and Zhou Guan Yu wasn't that far behind either. Um, of course, you know, he was his finishing position was compromised thanks to his masterful taking the fastest lap point away from Alpine, which phew, good thing they did that. Um, but yeah, I so I've gone away from that because even if they do well at Bahrain, they might just do what they did the last two seasons and been rubbish the rest of the year. So I've just gone and it's super vague. They just need to assess their 2025 options because as far as I'm concerned, when Audi come on board in 2026, this can't be the lineup. No no disrespect to either party. Bottas, I still think, has something to give F1. I think Zhou Guanyu has slightly exceeded what I thought he'd amount to in, in Formula One terms. But even so, I, that is not a lineup I think Audi can go with in 26. Uh, and if you want to make changes, it makes sense to do it for 2025 to, you know, give that transitional year that sort of focus. So, um, again, I don't expect any concrete decisions to be made this early on in the season, but I would at least like to see them assessing those options. What have you got for this team, Sam? Uh, three words. No, four words. It's good. Isn't it? I'm smart. SMRT. Um, show me the marketing. Um, did you say show me? Yeah, no. Well, yes, Ooh, I, I definitely be, did say good. show nice. me the marketing. What a clever pun that I definitely just came up with. <laughs> good. Between you and me, listeners. Um, yeah, show me the marketing. I think, you know, I've written you off as a threat on track. I'm sorry. It's not going to be very good, but you could have a spectacular two-year run in Formula One. You could be something that we remember as fun, as different, as interesting. Currently, your name doesn't work, and legally it doesn't work, to the point where on all of the publications I've seen about you testing, you're just called Sauber, because I believe in Bahrain is one of the tracks that your names are legal in. So... It's a good start to the season. So you need to come up with something fun. Let's stop the children running the social media page. Let's do something new there as well. You've got big money behind you. And let's face it, it's a brand exercise. You are here to be an exposed brand to a new market that might enjoy whatever activities you're branding. I'm not going to give them any free press, but show it to me. I want to see something wow and interesting and fun and cool because we all know that realistically come the end of race one, you're probably going to be 16th and 18th. I, I have no faith that you'll be above that. So wow me off the track if you're going to be here. Do something cool and exciting. So for Sauber, show me the marketing. Uh, and we've reached this point in the segment, folks. It was always coming and it was always going to be last because they love nothing more than being last. Um, I'm just going to sit back 
Sam, <laughs> what house do you show you? Uh, I've got one word for house. It actually is one word. Bleep. Try. Just try. Oh, like, oh, no. What have you been doing? Not trying, apparently. The fact that you... We've already had the hilarious conversation. The fact that you, you stopped your own progression to focus on a short update, which gave you nothing um, for the next year, which makes no logical sense to anyone other than you, is so funny. Just don't be last. Just don't be... Be positive. Make concise and forward-thinking decisions. Send Gene Haas off to like a a, a meet and greet and allow him to get some more friends. So maybe he might not like him. Nah, he's not going to do that. He might not. But he might like someone and he might go, you can join the team. And it might be brilliant. I don't know. Arrange a dinner. Oh God, the camera nearly went there with my fury. Um, Look, I don't know what to say about Haas. Just don't be crap, please. Okay. I'm not going to be technical about it, but find yourself a real identity. Don't be fraudulent. Don't be crap. It's as simple as that. Uh, I've gone with finish further ahead than where you started. Um, because even if, even if they qualify 16th and they finish 14th, let's say, I'll take it. Uh, if it's early in the season, I'll take that because that at least shows that they are going forward in races because that's their biggest problem is that clearly qualifying wise last year, they could get the job done. Like they, they could make Q3 performances. I can't remember the last time, or indeed if there's ever been a time, where a team has been able to make Q3 as frequently as Haas did and have yet been so bad. Like it doesn't quite make sense how spectacularly different their qualifying pace was to their race pace. So, yeah, quite simply put, uh, qualifying means nothing. You know, you're not getting points for it. So just make some forward progress in a race it doesn't even have to result in points early on in the season because that will be enough of of, of, a, of an incentive, enough motivation to, to kick on from there. Harry, what have you got for Haas to round us off? I've said that they need to know how the tyres work because... They're trying, the- mate. They're trying. I know. Well, there was a great tweet the other day that, that apparently Haas weren't worried about pace and testing, just they wanted to know how the tyres work. They've been in F1 since 2016. So I got the car and that's what the car uses to be on the road. I mean, in all, I know it's obviously funny to say they don't know how tires work, but in all seriousness, learn how the bloody tires work because the, it's been there. As you've just pointed out, Ben, they, they could qualify really well last year because they could get the most out of the tires over a one lap. But in the race, absolute horse manure. They just need to work that out. And it's not a, isolated 2023 problem they've had this problem for a long time sort it out so come out the come out the gates this year with you know how the tides are going to work and don't spend the rest of the year trying to work it out so oh has good lord it's like making a pizza without knowing how the dough works isn't it it's like they put all the toppings on like a bit of wood and when this doesn't taste very good yeah it's because you don't know how dough works this pizza is quite crunchy yeah, it's quite inedible. <laughs> so there you go. F1 terms, our advice is don't be slow and make the right decisions. And now we're going to go into our second break and we've already made two pizza references and two B&Q references. This is the Late Breaking Podcast. We are so back. Next. 
Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Okay, we're now moving on to Red Bull who seemed to be quite quick again. Um, but I, wa- I wanted to draw some... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so give, sorry. Give it, give it 25 minutes, mate. We'll, we'll get there. I'm Don't so- worry. Higher or lower, mate? Neither. We need it, just not yet. <laughs> sorry. For people that... But I'm looking at this on a camera. and I'm doing this on a sofa, and so the soundboard's right next to me, and I accidentally leant on it. Premature, higher or lower? No, thank you. It happens to the. It happens to people, you know. <laughs> higher. <laughs> That's what they all wish. Well, anyway, move um, on. Anyway, yes. Um, so I just wanted to read out a quote from Adrian Newey. This is from a few weeks ago. Bear in mind, um, our car. It's very much a third evolution of the twenty-two car. Uh, last year's car was an evolution of 22 and its main points being, of course, the normal winter development in terms of aerodynamics, some understanding on what we needed to do with suspension to try to improve the car as well uh, and getting weight out of it because we never got down to the weight limit in 22. This year's car is the third evolution of that original RB18. What we don't know, of course, is the third evolution to conservative while others have done something different. You just don't know. Well, Adrian... Um, the car was then released and it turns out you, you, you're not quite just evolving the car. It feels quite different. Um, what do you make of this, Sam? Because based on his quotes, you would think they weren't going to change all that much. And then, of course, it looks like they're changing a bit more. Yeah, I thought Adrian knew he was a smart person, but he doesn't seem to know what revolution or evolution rather means. And this is more of a revolution than an evolution. This is basically a, a brand. They're basically mocking Mercedes here. They basically wheeled out a Mercedes gone, ha ha, our works. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> Nelson's on the side of the garage pointed directly at them laughing. I just, it's, it's so F1. This is so Formula One. We're not sure. We don't think we're going to be very good. Oh, it's a bit, oh, we have, have we done enough? We don't know. We won 20, 98% of the Grand Prix available last season. We don't know if we've done enough rolls out the car in Bahrain and testing to 1.1 seconds faster than everyone. I know it's testing. I know that if you shouldn't read anything, it's what testing does. But come on, you've got to look at something here. And Adrian Newey, he's been in what, Formula One for 43 years and he has 25 titles, I read somewhere. The guy knows what he's talking about. The guy knows how to... Yeah, Harry's looking around like he's doesn't know what the titles are. And it's quite, honestly, mate, I couldn't tell you either. But Karun Shandok said 25. And I trust that man because he's a friend of the podcast. Um, so 
the guy knows what he's doing. The guy has a technical brain. The guy's the inside of his mind is like a blueprint that is constantly evolving. He knows what he's doing. And I have no doubt that his evolution to himself is so small, but to everyone else, it's literally like the difference between building yourself a little cottage out in farmlands and then erecting a skyscraper in the center of New York and calling it, you know, the, the, the Adrian Newey tower or something. Yeah. Hold on. I had to come up with something there. My point is, <laughs> yes. Adrian <Yeah>. Newey tower. <laughs> Quite like that. Actually. Um, my point is here that, Red Bull are crafty devils. They know exactly what they're doing. And this is so Formula One to sandbag with your words before the season's even started and then to roll out a system that is created by maybe the best aerodynamicist of all time and go, oh, we don't know if it's good enough. <laughs> and then you're a second faster. But props to you. It is funny. So well done. I love it when Adrian Newey becomes Michael Jackson. It's great. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh man, um, what are your, what are your thoughts on um, Red Bull just going completely in a different direction than they have done in the past? Harry, I'd firstly like someone to go and check on Mike Elliott from Mercedes because he's going to be. Absolutely oh no, I didn't even furious. think about Mike. Absolutely fuming. Um, <laughs> poor Mike. His head's popped off. He's he's they they unveiled that Red Bull and, and Mike's head just went bang. Just. They, they've done it. Uh, you have a laugh, he said. <laughs> you have a laugh. Yeah, look, this is... It's uh, surprising how bold this is, given how dominant uh, how dominant last year's car was. But I do remember last year, there was a quote from Adrian Newey, and I can't remember who said it, but as in <laughs> who reported it. Uh, obviously, Adrian Newey said it. Um, but it was about how last year's car, he was like, nah, there's has way more in this. Like, it's not even anywhere near optimal, which was a frightening thought. And I feel like we are now in the frightening reality uh, because they've, yeah, whipped the covers off this car and it's not even close to what last year's car looked like. And again, we're basing this off day one of testing, but so far, oh my Lord. Um, and then even if it's, they were 1.1 seconds up the road from everyone else. It's not even that. It's the time Verstappen did. Is it quicker than any time that was done in testing last year? Uh, I'm not sure the, across the, the day three one. days, but at least versus day one last year, I think he was about 1.5 seconds faster than what he did. I'm not quite sure on the tyres as well, whether yeah. they were exactly the same or not, but yeah, 1.5 seconds. Anywho, yeah, it's uh, so surprised. Uh, but anyway, it's a surprise that they've done this, but clearly they, they Adrian's been working on this and thinking this is what is even better than what they had. Um, you can imagine them him pitching up to, I don't know, Christian Horner, whoever, Helmut Marco, and being like, look, this is your new car for next year. And they're like, are you sure, Adrian? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, they're just, they're, they're, at this point, they just go, yeah, sure. Yeah, right, nah, sure. Source. Easiest job. Source, trust me, bro. Trust me, yeah. bro. I'm Adrian Newey. Um, yeah, it's bold. And... Pfft, so far, it looks like it's paying off, but obviously that's very early days. Uh, but it, it kind of surprised me that, that that it was it was so bold given the dominant position they were in in 2023. Again, don't read too much into testing, but they were four and a half seconds faster than Nico Hulkenberg. Now, I know Haas aren't quick. That doesn't count. They're just after the tyres. Don't worry about it. That's how they've learned the two of the tyres. We're going to drive hey, five seconds faster Haas, than everyone else. Haas Slower. The, the most amount of laps of anyone today, so believe in Haas. 
Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to Red Bull. Uh, yeah, if if this works, and it, as you already say, it looks like it might be working. Um, at what point can we, and I, I already think he's in this discussion, but at what point can we just debate that Adrian Newey is maybe the greatest individual in F1 history? Like he is, he's got to be up there. He, he's that good. And if he's able to master a philosophy that a rival team, Mercedes no less, we're not talking about Haas here, we're talking about Mercedes. If they, if they can master a philosophy that they've abandoned, what a move. Like that is swagger to the nth degree if you're able to do that. And look, I, I respect it immensely because the best don't settle. Like the, the best don't settle for where they're at. They keep moving. It doesn't matter how clear you are of the field or, you know, um, how many wins you get, as was the case last year for Red Bull. The second you lose that hunger and that edge, the pack will be right there with you and they'll be on you. Uh, and Red Bull are refusing for that to be the case, that they want to keep evolving. They want to keep challenging, not just um, the field to improve, but challenging themselves to be better. It feels like they're using their self, them basically using themselves as their own benchmark to say, we can still be better. This is a prime example of Red Bull just proving themselves as winners. And this is what F1 is all about. It's pushing the boundaries of what is possible versus a book of regulations that you're given, which is exactly what they're doing here. They, they've said, look, we've got a, a very good concept already. We're going to look to do even more based on this. And look, I mean, Red Bull success might not be great for the sport or at least like Red Bull's dominance, I should say, rather than success is not great for the sport. But if there's one party I don't blame in that, it's Red Bull. Like They're just, they're doing their job and the onus is on everyone else to catch up. So I, look, we'll see how it, it pans out the rest of this season and, and early in the season, but I respect the hell out of it. There was a little part of me that thought when we did our predictions that I was considering not putting Red Bull first. And I'm guessing have, you're not considering that anymore. Well, I don't want any spoilers to come up, but I was laughing at myself. Let's say that. Uh, Sunday's episode, by the way, everyone, uh, that will be Championship Sunday. We'll be giving our drivers and constructors predictions for the 2024 season. Um, let's move on to a little bit more from testing. And it's a comment from Fernando Alonso, um, which, you know, is always good for a segment, isn't it? Because um, Fernando Alonso... Uh, he's not very happy about the limited time that the drivers get for testing. So up to, um, it used to be, and not that long ago, that there would be two preseason tests that were both four days long. So if you do the math, two times four, you get eight. Quick maths. Quick maths. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. Um, so it used to be eight days. It's now only three. So, um, sorry, it's now only three. Nice. Thank you. Um, that happened at Bahrain the week before the race. So clearly quite a cut down on what used to be available. Uh, Fernando Alonso had the following to say about that. We have very limited testing in Bahrain. I've been thinking all winter about this, how unfair it is that we only have one day and a half to prepare for a world championship. Skewing. <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is no other sport in the world with all the money involved, with all the marketing and the good things that we say about Formula One and being closer and closer to the fans. I cannot understand why we then go to Bahrain for four days, which could be two and two for the drivers. If you go to free, which is not even, sorry, this is great, which is not even, which is an odd number, <laughs> and you cannot divide between the drivers. Uh, and I don't know why we don't go racing with two cars. 
Harry, does he have a point? <laughs> I love the idea that it's Christmas Day. Fernando Alonso oh. sat there. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Fernando, do, you, do you want to open another present, Fernando? No. What's the matter? I'm so annoyed about there's only three days testing. This is not fair. <laughs> Oh, Alonso, love you. I'm going karting. I'm going karting. Um, I, don't, I love to agree with Alonso on most things, mainly because what he says is gold. Um, but I'm not sure I do on this one. I, I What they do now is, is enough. I, I understand his point about... Do I understand his point at all? I guess maybe, you know, the half a day thing is a bit, is a bit much, but it's the same for everyone. So... Just get on with it. It's it's fine. We don't need all these days, especially nowadays where reliability in Formula One is basically bulletproof. Like you don't see breakdowns. I mean, it's rare to see a breakdown nowadays uh, during a race. Um, so you don't. They don't need days and days and days and days of testing. You know, uh, and in a, in a cost cap era and an era where we try and save on emissions, the setup they have now. Um, kind of works for me again. I'm not sure about testing about the the in the same place as the first race, but from an emissions point of view, I get it. But no, I don't. I don't agree with this. I think three days is plenty. Sort yourself out. If your car's not working, then that's that's your lookout, and you're gonna have to deal with that. As we saw with like McLaren last year, terrible start to the year. They had a terrible start. They had a terrible test, and it it, it compounds it from there. But saying it's unfair is not right because this is the same for everyone. So. Sorry, Fernando. I know you'd love to drive an F1 car at any available op- opportunity. So I understand, I appreciate it. why he wants to just drive more. Uh, but I, I don't really agree. I, I I do. I understand his point in that um, George Russell also had some comments on this, by the way, and he likened it to Rafa Nadal at the French Open, only getting one and a half days to prepare for God. the tennis event, which... You would never get, and I don't think you'd ever get this sort of lack of preparation time in any other sport. Um, of course, that does completely discount the work of, you know, in terms of simulators and the like, and saying that's worth absolutely nothing, which isn't the case. So I, I understand what he's saying here, and to be honest, I would agree with him that it's probably worth just letting them both run both cars for the three days. I don't see why not. Like he says, they're, they're kind of there already, so they might as well go ahead and do that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you what you say, Harry, in that reliability is so bulletproof now that it, it's it's more entertaining to see what they can come up with at the first race of the year. Uh, of course, Fernando Alonso himself had a fantastic Bahrain Grand Prix, if you remember. It, you know, was he hampered by the fact that he only had one and a half days testing? It didn't feel like it. Um, so I, I don't think these drivers are missing out massively on this. Um, and, and bear in mind as well, when you've got Teams, I know Williams had a few problems as we're recording this on the Wednesday of testing. But other than that, everyone else ran at least 100 laps today um, and Haas getting up near 150. If we look at last year's totals, Alpha Tauri did the most laps last year at 456 laps, which if you consider the Bahrain Grand Prix is 57 laps, that works out quite nicely for my numbers to say that's eight full races in three days of the Bahrain GP. That's a third of eight races. That's a third of the calendar in less than half a week. It's a lot of time 
when you know three days so uh, outside of the like say I, I would let him let them run both cars but um i don't actually think this needs to be expanded um actually i will say one thing if they do want to expand it put it in the cost cap you if you want to go if you want to go race if you want to do like two weeks of testing and take that out the cost cap go ahead and do it um but also you're gonna probably cost yourself an upgrade later in the year so i, I don't know maybe that should be a factor what do you think sam yeah don't care uh, quite frankly, Fernando, you put yourself in a microwave, you clearly had yourself with a slow cooker for this entire Christmas period because you are absolutely pulling apart at the seams to get this one out. And it's a load of absolute rubbish. Um, this is terrible from you, Fernando. The only point I agree with is the two cars. As we're testing in the same place that we're going to be going racing, you're going to have to bring all your equipment, all your personnel anyway at some point. Fine. Bring both the cars, run both the cars. I have no issue with that. You get more time in that sense. But Fernando, you are essentially the most experienced person on the racetrack. You and Lewis Hamilton, right? Between you, you're the most experienced. You stand to gain the most by having the least amount of testing because naturally you can pick it up the quickest because you've done it many, many times before. You know what you're doing. You're an expert at this. Stop moaning on in a world where we are more green, we're trying to be more efficient. We've got to think about the environment. Ben is right with the cost cap. There's a lot of things that factor into this now. And you don't need acres and acres and acres of testing. I think we should have less testing throughout the season. And you, you know, you bring up that point that Russell made about, oh, Nadal wouldn't only train for a day and a half before he starts his season. Okay, you're right to bring up the the, uh, the sim stuff. But then every single event that we go to, which is basically every week at this point, you do three testing sessions and then you have a qualifying session and then you have a race and then you'll do sim practice. So your whole season is driving a car of some capacity and equally nothing is technically stopping you over the winter break from doing other driving. You are allowed to take part in non-formula rated seasons. If you'd like to maintain your fitness, if you'd like to practice your race craft, you see them all karting, go and do it. That is the same as practicing. So this is a load of rubbish from Fernando. He's whinging. And for the first time in a long time, I think I completely disagree with him. I think this is load of rubbish, mate. Sorry, but um, I'm sure you'll be all right, Fernando. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll cope just fine. Uh, we're going to take our last break of this episode and we'll be playing higher or lower on the other side. Haven't heard that jingle in ages. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for it to come back. Shut up. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Uh, before we get into higher or lower, it's probably a good point just to say this, that um, after we are done recording this episode, we're actually going to be recording something else for, you guessed it, Patreon. It's our first ever history review that we're going to be doing straight after this. We're looking at the 2008 Brazilian Grand Prix, so we're excited to uh, reminisce about the first time we watched it, but we've also, all three of us, recently rewatched it. Um, so we're going to have some have some fun discussing that on our Patreon. So if you'd like to get involved, if you're not already, uh, the link is in the description. But let's crack on, Harry. You can play it now. Which one? <laughs> That's what I got. Going the right way for a smack bottom, mate. <laughs> <laughs> F1, higher is F1. Lower is sad faster. Is Harry slower? F1 higher. F1 lower. F1. Okay, F1 higher. Oh, no, I've got to find it. It's not on this page. Oh, oh mate, how long have you had to sort this out? Oh, I've actually just gone straight to the right page. Never mind, folks. I know everyone was panicking. Well, that was F1 a higher or lower? <laughs> uh, so six questions. All of the questions have a numeric answer. Um, Sam and Harry will take it in turns um, and they'll give a guess to the question. If they get it right, they get two points. Uh, if they don't get it right, uh, the other person then needs to say higher or lower. If they get that right, they get a point. But if they get it wrong, the person who made the initial guess gets the point. So, Harry, start us off. What number would you like? Number one, please, Ben. That makes a lot of sense to start with number one. Um Oh dear, what have I, what have I said to you? Oh, <laughs> come on. Hieroglyphs, folks. I, I, I got it, it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Um, in their time as teammates, how many times did Sebastian Vettel out-qualify Kimi Raikkonen? Um, 53 times. It's not 53, Sam. I'm going to go higher. You are correct. It is higher than 53. Do you know why? Because it's 54. <laughs> oh, that is so horrible. You'd have beat me as well. I, I had that question lined up without knowing what the answer was, and I guessed 52. So you'd have uh, well, you'd got me by one. Yeah. It's hilarious because I, I guessed 54, but we'll never know. Yeah, you had to just say higher, obviously, but if you if you were guessing first, you'd have gone 54. I get the state of how much higher, so, you know. Exactly, yeah, it's a good tactic. <laughs> Sam, you lead 1-0, and what number would you like next? Uh, I'll have number two, please, Ben. Going in order, love this. Um, how many starts did Brendan Hartley have in F1? Not enough. Oh, <laughs> Harry's favourite man. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wish I was less. Um, I'm going to go with 43. It's not 43. What do you say, Harry? Lower. Um, well done for not just answering not, not as much as it should be, but um, lower is correct. Yes. Uh, he did 25 in the end. Couldn't work out if it was one full season or two full seasons that he got through. He did one and a half yeah, or one can... and a third, right? Yeah, that, mm. that was my point. Yeah. Whether it was one full season before he then got kicked out during the next one, or is it two full seasons and then he got kicked out during the next one? He didn't he yes. didn't he start midway and he made it till the end of a year. I think anyway, I should know this as a number one fan, but I feel like he started like 
yes, yeah, two thirds of the way through the season or three quarters of the way through the season. Um, but yeah, uh, 25 overall. Brendan Fartley, because his career stinks. You're going the right way for a smack bottom as well, son. Hey, good one. <laughs> Recycle the line. <laughs> oh, chaos. Back to you, Harry. Can I have number four, please? How many podiums does Daniel Ricciardo have in F1? Um, Twenty. No. <laughs> I want lower than that, Sam. Uh, I'm going to go... I think you're pretty close there. I, I'm going to go higher. It is higher. Give some respect to Daniel Ricciardo. He's got 32. I see. Yeah, okay. Good I thought it would be mid, mid to high 20s. Well done, Danny Rick. Yeah. Back to you, Sam. Uh, number five, please, Ben. Sure. Hmm. <laughs> oh dear, I'm actually really struggling with this one. <laughs> Not even joking. It's something about Williams. Yeah, I've got it, yeah. Okay, well oh, that, Sorry, this, even for my standards, that is awful. Um, I might actually <laughs> upload that somewhere. Yeah, send the um, photo, please. The number of races... Nigel Mansell won for Williams. Uh, races he won. Uh, I'm going with seven. It's not seven. Higher or lower, Harry? I'm going to go with higher. Yeah, probably a good shout. Put a two in front. <laughs> 27. He won a oh, championship with him, Sam. Yeah, I know, but he only had one properly decent year with him. So I was surprised that there were ones outside of that year. A savage. 1986 called him once his, uh, once his win's back. Have, have fun with that, mate. I ain't going back there. Sam's actually the tyre that caused <laughs> yeah. to win the championship. <laughs> Which means it's, it's still close. It's two all. And it's back to you, Harry. Number five. What's left? Six. Okay. Six. Did How you... many races did Nigel Mansell? <laughs> 27. <laughs> number six? Number six. Yeah, you can have number six. Okay, since 2011, how many times has the 107% rule been enacted in F1? So the drivers have not been able to start the race. Um... And they, so they've not been able to start. There's no like dispensation about it. They just didn't start the race. They, they didn't start the race. Um, I was going to say, is this a trick question and say zero, but then Sam can only go higher. That's <laughs> true. It's, I, it's not zero. I will, I will tell okay, you then. that. I don't know. I don't think it's many times. Twice. It's not two. Oh, um, Sam, has it happened once <laughs> or not. more than twice? <laughs> I hate 50-50s. Um, can I ask, Ben, this will not help my answer, but I'm just curious. Are you counting it as if it's per driver or as, as a team? Is that is it exercise per uh, driver? So uh, it's per driver. So okay. if, for example, both drivers in a team weren't able to start, that counts as two. Okay, I'm going to say higher. 
Hire is correct. Um, so it happened to HRT, both drivers, twice. So um, 2011 and 2012, both of their drivers weren't allowed to start the Australian Grand Prix. God, they must hate it down under. Yeah, um, which is where they are now as a team. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> which means it's 3-2. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Harry. Appreciate that. <laughs> Sam, you've got three points. What number would you like? Three! There it is. How many corners are there at Jeddah? Oh, no. I could sit here and go through the track in my mind. <laughs> the first two-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> While I crash into the wall in my head seven times. 23. It's not 23. Harry, for the draw, higher or lower? Higher. It's not many more, but it is higher. 27. Ah. (laughs) 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 I thought I sounded a bit more like um, Louis, whatever his name is, from Mother Number Five. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) <laughs> you mean Bob the Builder, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, that's, that's the one. Him. A little bit of lofty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thanks, guy. <laughs> a little bit of lofty, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Um, real draw. We didn't actually solve anything there. <laughs> Absolutely lost it ever Bob the Builder humour. <laughs> That's, that's really good though. Oh, man. oh, oh dear. boy. Um oh, Sam, get us out of here. We've got championship predictions on oh, Sunday. Hang on. Something to look forward to. Oh, oh, we, we missed the best segment in podcasting, didn't we? The best segment oh, in podcasting. That's a question. <laughs> it is about Alpine to be fair. So we should do what is the greatest segment and the most forgotten segment in all of Formula <laughs> One podcasting. It is the Is it the LB question of the week. <laughs> I swear to God. We can- <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> right. Uh, the question was of course, Alpine were very smug going into testing last year um, and no one really knows why so we were asking the question what are they smug about this year answers um i got to kick it off with the most liked answer i think from ellie here um <laughs> who we met at one of we our did at the williams oh, well, shows and she and i even had a show we did it at our williams um open day it's like a nice open day our it? williams <laughs> open day that we hosted for williams <laughs> go really on in james <laughs> Alex, come mate, come on, in you come. Do you want to come to the late breaking school? Um, is, that a, is that a really British thing, open days? I don't know. Um, anyway, she very brilliantly said that they don't have to contribute to child support for Otmar's nine babies, which you know, so under the good. cost cap, I imagine, is horrible to deal with. I'm, I'm very happy to see that like 50% of the answers were about Otmar's nine kids. What have we done? Um, Honestly, shout out to now what is the most random but my favorite ongoing joke from Matthew Dean who said Barry Manilow tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a whole row. Oh, it's so oh, good. 
Oh, buzzer. Um, Tanua Ventures said, um, Ocon being penalty free so far this season, which, you know, brilliant. Well done. Um, oh, dead, dead air. That's not good for a podcast. Sorry. I thought Ben was going to chip in. just did like two minutes of it before <laughs> Harry said week. That was anticipation. It was fine. All right. Um, Andy Brown says baguette, which is fair. Is that offensive? Baguette? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not French. Um, Daryl said how nice their pink camo livery looks. Look, don't get us set off, Daryl. We've had a nice time here. There, there were a few, um, there were a few livery shouts on here. There was one from um, Quinlan Lloyd as well, which was how much more weight they saved than everyone else by not painting the car. Oh, very good. They must be very smug about that. Um, they just realised an anagram of their name is Penial, and that makes them giggle. Thanks, Colin. Good one. Colin is on our I way. I saw Blake. that, and I'm like, I know Sam's going <laughs> to say that. Honestly, I started reading it before finishing it, reading it beforehand, so I didn't even proof it. Good. Um, That's good. Some some girl here called Laura said uh, it's because they've got Laura as their podcast host. Don't know who that is. Probably won't pay off. What's the status on that? She's still banned. It's almost been a still year. And a, still, it's been a year and a half. It's still banned. Still banned. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's just indefinite now. Uh, Until I fancy changing the rules. Yeah. Fair enough. When the joke stops being funny, which it doesn't, oh, then God. she'll be unbanned. Uh, a few others that I just wanted to point out. Liam, in alphabetical order, they are first. That was a very good answer um, nice. because, of course, Alfa Romeo are no longer Alfa Romeo, so they've got that going for them now. Um, Jason Gates, 91, saying they aren't Haas. Yeah, that's the reason to be, to be smug, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one last one from Josh, who said that um, they are smug about knowing they decide the fate of LB teammate wars this year. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, that's a good one. Also, I got a few shout outs because I didn't put them as the worst livery and they're proud of that, apparently. So, still can go over that. But anyway, maybe, maybe I'll reconsider it. I would like to shout out Card Jam as well, who says uh, because they're battery biscuit base. <laughs> <laughs> I love it and it makes no sense. <laughs> a, at good, all. a good Great. Master Chef Greg Wallace reference there for anyone concerned. Who would have thought? <laughs> wow. wow on the most podcast <laughs> Greg Wallace base 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 uh, I'd love to read about Greg Wallace's Saturday morning so <laughs> <laughs> that is so niche that is so British and so niche it um, really is it's right poor, it's for that. poor kid it, it feels like a Greg Wallace reference is the right place to go off on this podcast just that sums it up more than anything doesn't it Sam yeah it does uh, let's move on to brighter things um, folks the fantasy league is back um, links in the description we'll be advertising this up until the start of the season it's time for you to create your team and probably for us to create our teams uh, and get it into the late breaking fantasy league where we all go up against one another to be the best so have a little look it's completely free if you've not done it before and what you do is you just pick a draft of five drivers and two teams you get a budget it's all very fun it's a fantasy you know, give it a go. You might enjoy it. Um, a lot of you can turn it off halfway through the year if you really hate it. Uh, Discord's also the link in the description. Be, and you'll probably still, yeah, be, true. Before we, um, sorry, before you carry on, there's a, there's a life update from Beef. Do you want to play that or no? If you've got it ready, mate, why not? Go on then. Here, we, here she That's is. That's a good Beef. Hello, Beef update. Um, 
I'm thriving, thriving and surviving and living my best life. I had a full week off work the other week. It was great. I saw loads of friends. I saw loads of family. I went to the zoo and I saw otters. So (laughs) having a great time. Can't believe that Formula One is finally back. Buzzing. Um, Me and my housemate are going to binge watch Drive to Survive on Saturday. And I'm going to make us a big fat fry up. Okay, bye. Pat Fry absolutely getting his use up there in the Northlands. Um, Pat Fry beef. <laughs> she's absolutely ruined my outro, which is so frustrating. Um, Patreon's available if you want to hear more of this silliness and probably more Greg Wallace references. Again, we're reviewing the Brazil 08 Grand Prix in our first ever historic episode. Uh, so, you know, for those of you who are subscribed, we hope you're looking forward to it. Uh, I think that's it. I've had enough anyway. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been Mecca Sam. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, keep breaking late. Wow. (laughs) A little bit lofty. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.